What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome to another edition of For Cheddar or Worst, Acme Packing Company's podcast covering the good, the bad, and everything in between surrounding your Green Bay Packers. Uh, I am your co-host, Chris Burke, joined alongside Lindsay. How are you tonight? Hey, Chris. I am doing all right. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, first off, uh, before we even get into the meat of the show, uh, apologies for not having a show last week. I had a personal matter come up. Um, it has since been resolved, thankfully, all is well. Uh, so we are back. Um, last week was kind of one of those weeks that, you know, that performance against the Jets spoke for itself. And unfortunately, now here we go again. We get into a 23. Green Bay has lost again, this time 23-21 to the Washington commanders uh in washington uh another i feel like for talking about a broken record here it was a 14 to 10 lead for green bay at the half promptly fell apart in the second half uh got the ball back late um unfortunately they had no timeouts because they blew all their timeouts before the two-minute warning but boy that last play of the game with all the laterals <laughs> i that would have been wild if they would have pulled Bye. it off i mean i <laughs> I would have felt better if they would have won that game, but boy, that would have been, that would have been something else. That would have been incredible. I was watching and I, I was like, Oh my God, are they going to do it? Is this happening? Right. Like I was jumping up and down. I was like, but I was like, my heart just stopped. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, they're going to pull it off. They're going to pull it off. And then Rogers throws it and it goes between what was it? 74's legs. And I was like, I think it was Elton Jenkins, but it was, it was also a forward pass, which you can't do on that one, which to pull off as many laterals without the forward pass like that is actually impressive. Um, I saw the flag go and then, you know, it's, it's been memed already with Aaron Rodgers, you know, face planted into the ground, uh, which really summarizes the entire green Bay Packers season at this point. Um, So before we get into the game, uh, I think we can all safe to say the Green Bay Packers are not who we thought they were. They are not a good football team, especially on offense. Uh, the offense is uh, horrible, to say the least. But since it was a loss, uh, we'll go. We'll start digging into everything in depth here. Uh, Lindsay, why don't you kick us off? So we got quite a bit going on in the worst column this week with another yet another loss. Seems to be a trend uh, this season where we have a lot more, you know, worst than we do cheddar. But I digress. Let's dive in. So we touched on it a little bit already. S- ugh, the entire second half again. I mean, I, I, I just I can't comprehend what's happening. It's now our third loss in a row. We lost to the Commanders. Um, I say again, the commanders is who we lost to. It should have been an easy win. And at the very least, the Packers should have come away with 28. Instead, we 
were just lifeless and we showed no signs of improvement from last week's loss against the Jets. It, it's just, it's infuriating, it's devastating. And yet I don't think any Packers fan is surprised. I mean, I, what are your thoughts? What do you, what, I mean, I think we know your thoughts, but. <laughs> um, so I was actually at work for this game. So for most of it, and I just caught up on it today, but this is not a good football team right now. I mean, I, I think even the most optimistic fan would, would have a hard time, you know, seeing the bright side of this train wreck. Um, That's their <laughs> life, <laughs> they're lifeless. They have no heart. It's like they just they they can't fight back. The moment you know they they get behind the eight ball, they they fold. I just I don't understand the the mental attitude here. You know, I just I don't understand the mentality of the team. Is what I was trying to say. It's like they just they don't respond. They're lifeless. Like last couple of years, the first three years especially under Matt Lafleur, like they were the vibes on the team were spectacular. You know, players were having fun. They were bouncing up and down on the sidelines. And this team seems to have adopted the personality of Jay Cutler. They just don't care. Um, so I don't, I don't know what, what ails them. I mean, I hope they've got a good team psychiatrist on there. Uh, Cause boy, they, they, they need something right now. I think I would add that there are a select few players that you can tell want it. They want to win and they want to be the team that we have been the past three years. Uh, for the majority, it just, you're right. It just, there is no heart in this team. I, it's really hard to watch um, because of that. Like the, the Packers have always, they've always at least shown their fight and how much they want it even if it didn't go our way you know we could say like well they tried we can't say that recently we can't say that this season and it's it's so beyond frustrating I I just I don't I can't comprehend it as a Packers fan my whole life I I'm having a hard time with this season it's just it something is Something is just off with with this team, and I, uh, you know, one of those, which is so wild to me that we're talking like this. One of those things is Aaron Rodgers. He, in his press conference, I believe it was his press conference after the game. Um, as, like he was, you know, don't panic is what he said. To which I would ask him directly, are you playing in the same games that we're watching? Like where, where in what is happening would your reaction and your comment be? Don't panic. He's, so, he's, he's turned into the, like a living version of that Leslie Nielsen gift from the naked gun. Nothing to see here. Please disperse as everything is blowing up and on fire behind him. Uh, it's it's comedic at this point. <laughs> it's just, it's truly wild. And these these stats from yesterday, 
23 of 35 for 194 yards. And the Packers, they went 0 of 6 on third down. Like, I can't, I just can't wrap my head around it. For 17 years, I've absolutely loved every minute of watching Rodgers throw the ball. It was truly, it was, I mean, it was magic. It was a work of art. Like, he's just beyond, beyond talented, right? So much fun to watch. And has always been. It's always been like a constant for the past 17 years. And I say 17 years because while I realize that this is his 18th, it's it feels like he has already retired mentally. It feels like he's just checked out and he his heart isn't in it. He doesn't really care what what happens in the games, like, unless it's to point the finger at other players. I just, that's one, that's not how you lead, lead a team. That's not how you lead any group of people. And two, it just, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. If I'm being honest, I mean, I, he, will always go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game of, of all time in history, one of the greatest. And so it really, it really breaks my heart a little bit to see him fizzle out in the way that he is just because of how talented we all know he is. I it's, it's a hard one for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, it, he, I, I keep thinking, I'm like, is the end near for him? Like a big part of his game in previous years, like he could run. He's never had less than hundred yards rushing in a season. He's on pace right now. He's got seven games, seven carries, seven yards. So he's on pace for, I think, 21 carries for 21 yards. Um, so like usually the first part of a quarterback to go is his legs. And with that being such a big, big part of his game, um, that's a troubling sign. But also his accuracy is way off. And I mean, I get he's got an injured thumb and maybe that's worse than we think it is, which if that's the case, he's turning into a liability right now. I can't believe I'm even saying this about a four-time MVP, but sit him down, put love in. Um, then you can at least get some evaluation. Mean, if you're going to play like that, you're probably going to lose anyway. You might as well evaluate uh, your young quarterback and see if he's worth that, worth that fifth-year option. Um, it just, I don't, he's been this, the signs were coming, um, all year. Like it just, something just didn't seem right. And it's, I think it's just, I think the time is ending. The time is coming for him, but the Packers are married to him. And unless they can find a way to get him to retire, uh, that contract, who they're going to have to do something because, uh, they're, they're between a rock and a hard place right now at the most important position. It just seems like we're living in the upside down um, talking about Aaron Rodgers uh, in this way. It's, it's really, really wild. It's such a strange, such a strange feeling. So I'm going to, def- <laughs> I'm going to defend him though quickly. Cause everybody, you know, all the criticisms 
directed at Rogers sometimes are um, causation from Tom Brady. So everybody rags on him about, Oh, only one Super Bowl. Well, Rogers career would be viewed in a much different way without the Patriots dynasty and what Tom Brady's done. Same thing in terms of his longevity. A lot of quarterbacks making it past 40 was not really a thing. Brett Favre barely made it to 40. Uh, Tom Brady is making it look, you know, once again, he's throwing that curve. 38-39 is usually when quarterbacks hit the plateau. So this is nothing unusual. It's just I think we've been, because we've got so much Tom Brady being shoved in our face, that I think that's, you know, warped our sense here. So this, in hindsight, this really shouldn't be surprising. But it doesn't make it suck any any less, especially literally coming off an MVP season. Yeah. Um, also, something to note is it's it's funny. Be- well, not really funny, but <laughs> um, but Brady is also having a really shitty season. I mean, he's not playing. You know, obviously he's, he's older and, you know, it, it's, it's even more to be expected. I'm not, I don't think anyone is surprised in that way with Rogers. I think, I think most people are surprised, like you said, with how putting it up against how he played last season, which was some of the, like, one of the best seasons of his entire career. He played phenomenally last year. And so to have one off season in between that and then to to come back to this, it's just like, wait, what? What happened? Like, what are we doing here? It's, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm still kind of in denial, like hoping that, hoping that, you know, like you said, I mean, his thumb is clearly bothering him and, and maybe it is a little, you know, a little worse than what he is, is uh, leading on, but I guess, well, we'll see, but um, I mean, I, I hope his thumb is okay. And I, I just hope we're able to get a a turnaround from him. If this is going to be his, you know, his last season, um, who knows when that's going to be, but if it is, I hope he ends on a good note, just considering the, uh, the player that he is. All right. Uh, we could probably talk about Aaron Rodgers for two hours, so <laughs> we'll move on. Um, the penalties yesterday was apps. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. The I I don't. There were so many penalties being called left and right on both teams across the aisle. It was it, it was wild. The one. I and I I do I am interested to get your thoughts on this actually Chris. The one that just completely screwed us was that bullshit call on Savage that reversed the Douglas touchdown. Um I really think that was a turning point in the game for the team. 
I, to me, it was bullshit. What I saw and, and the penalty that they called was complete BS. What are your, what's your take? Because I, I actually am really interested to hear what you thought of it. So it was tough call at the, at the least, but if you're relying, if you're using the officials as a way to alter the fate of the game, you don't have a way, you, you don't deserve to win in the first place. You can't, if you're pointing the finger at the officials, you're in denial, even though that did kind of change the game, but the, the officials aren't causing the offense to be pop Warner level in terms of competence. They're not the ones making that decision. So I, at that point in the game, I mean, if it comes down to like the last play of the game, you know, that's one thing. But at that point, you really can't blame it. But yeah, I thought that ticky tack at best, you know, horribly wrong at the rest. And I, we all saw Matt LaFleur's reaction to that. Um, it's just, it bad judgment call. Um, the officials make mistakes. I cannot believe I'm defending NFL officiating, but that game as a whole was horribly officiated in general on both sides. Um, I just, it, I think that was the turning point in the game a little bit because that would have been two pick sixes, you know, because Douglas had his hands on the ball all game and feels like that kind of gave, you know, for it. so like even, even like, you know, plays like that, but also dropped interceptions, you know, the Packers could have had more. There were a lot of, there were a few dropped interceptions as well. So I, it took points off the board. Yes. But, you know, big picture, I, it's not as, you know, it still doesn't excuse the, other malfeasance the Packers put on display. Oh, I don't, I, I, I definitely wasn't saying that. Um, but to me, it was still complete bull. I, it was just a joke of a call. I, uh, I still don't oh, even absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, a, it was a bad call, but you know, when you look at the big picture of it, if you're leaning on that as your loss, instead of your own offensive, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if, there's a lot of people that when games like this happen, I'm not saying you are, but like a lot of times where they'll point to an official call. I'm like, that's not, it, that's not how, that's not what cost him the game. But I mean, I, it's an, it's an easy target and it was definitely a poor call, but um, you know, well, it's, be, it's, 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 on, it's on brand for the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely the, the refs. I mean, and you know, to that point, like, look what happened with the roughing the passer call that won uh, the Bucks the game and the Bills in the playoffs this past year. They lost the game because of a terrible referee call. So it's like it those do matter like those they need to be better at not making game ending calls for whatever team. Like it's, it's truly like, it's insane. I mean, it just, it's so infuriating to watch when you, when you see clearly that they're so wrong and there's nothing that, that you can do to change it or, you know, that they can, they'll do to change it. It's really just wild. Yeah. And it's, you know, they tried the challenging, you know, being able to challenge illegal contact and pass interference that blew up comedically. Like I, I don't know, aside from, finding like the league finding officials or you know some kind of an accountability thing at the end i mean officials don't make a ton of money especially compared to a player but uh you know i don't i don't know there's got to be some kind of accountability there too so that's that's the other thing it's yeah i don't i i i don't have the answer to that but i mean yeah i 
it's it's not good, especially like you said, that that Bills game last year was that was horrible. It was horrendous. It was just so, so bad. All right. Jairi Alexander. Uh, First, I just quickly want to say I love that he's uh, he's back and he's healthy. It is good to see him on the field and and you know playing however uh <laughs> terry mclaurin uh got the better of him especially in the uh the later part of the game uh he he seemed to hold his own in the beginning and you know do be classic gyrie and um and then towards the you know latter part of the game it was uh because it was that one touchdown um, that just, oh my, oh my God. I didn't even, that was so, that was such a perfect pass and catch that I like, I didn't even realize it happened because it was so quick too. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, they, they scored like what? And, um, and yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, Jairi, I, I feel like it doesn't, he doesn't get beat very often when it's one-on-one and uh, you know, it, it, it's always hard to, to watch. He is a great player. It doesn't take away from that. It was just, uh, you know, not, not the best um, for him. Yeah. He's, you know, you gotta, when you're a shutdown corner like that, you gotta come up big at the end, but to, to give Terry McLaurin some credit, he's very good. He's just been done in by some horrible quarterback play during his time in Washington. Um, Cause when he has big games, like when Carson Wentz or got even going back to like Kirk cousins and, you know, they've gone through so many quarterbacks. I'm drawing a blank, but he can be very good. Like if they actually had better quarterback play there, he would be, he'd be dangerous. Like he's underappreciated. He was actually, I think linked to the Packers and trade rumors at one point, but He's to get as somebody who had McLaurin in fantasy, he does. He helped me a few years. So he's not to take anything away from him, but Jire's got, uh, who, you know, when you're getting paid what he's getting paid, you got to come up big there, bud. Um, but some of that may not necessarily be on him. That could have just been where he was positioned from coaching. Um, Joe Barry is definitely under the microscope um, at the end, but you know, when you're off, you know, the, the defense is probably just gassed at that point. So exactly. Can't, uh, can't 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 knock him too much but yeah definitely he definitely left some things to be desired yeah uh, another person who always leaves things to be desired amari rogers i really i want to understand how many times this kid has to just completely fuck up before we cut our losses he needs to go. We have been saying this all season and he, the same mistakes just keep happening over and over. So like fumble after fumble, he cannot return a football. I'm just, I'm, I am losing patience with all of it. I'm losing patience with Amari. I'm losing patience with the team right now. I just, he needs to go. We need to cut our losses and we need to, move on yeah i mean there was a one point yesterday before he got two catches he had what i would call a a a horrible thanos situation which i mean this statistic tells the story and it is 
it's embarrassment for a third round pick. He had five career before he, he's it's different now, but at one point during the game, yes, on, on Sunday, he had five career, five career receptions and five fumbles. That's ridiculous. That's horrible. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, it's, it's a travesty. It's a sham. It's a mockery. It's a Travis sham mockery. If you remember that beer commercial, um, he just, it's, it's time, it's time to go. It's time to put him out to pasture. Um, by all accounts, seems like he's a great kid, but I don't, I mean, he's not getting any snaps on offense. If he can't catch a punt, you know, to quote office space, what is it exactly that you do here? So, I mean, I'm sorry, Brian Gutekunst, it's time to, you know, let, let your ego take a hit. You fudged up on this one. He cut your law. Admit it, dude, just don't hang on to a player for the sake of hoping he turns it around. You screwed up, admit it, cut your losses and move on. Uh, and if he's back there returning kicks next week, um, somebody needs to find out if uh, Mo Drayton snuck in and spiked Rich Passaccia's Gatorade because that would be incompetence of the highest order if Rodgers is back out there. LaFleur today said they're examining it, which is basically coach speak pretty much that it's over. But I don't know who they're going to have return. You know, Watson's hurt. Cobb's hurt. Um, you put Dobbs back there? I, I don't know. I mean, Toure? Kylan Hill is Kylan Hill close? You know, I, I don't know. So there's, there's got to be an answer, but it's not Amari. It's, t- it's time to end that experiment. And I honestly, I think this could be, with that kind of a stat line, I don't think anybody's going to take a flyer on him. I think his career's toast. Yeah, I mean, I, I do not wish the kid any bad will. I simply just need the Packers to cut him. He can't, he is too much of a liability. He's just, that is what it is. It's the facts and he needs to go. He should well, be, he should have been gone a long time ago. Well, then what does that say about the accountability culture in the locker room too? It's like, you're just going to keep telling people aren't going to, you know, they, they think they can just slack off and get away with it. But Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst need to suck it up, be big boys and make a business decision and fire him. I mean, it's just, there's, there's no excuse for this to continue happening. And, you know, if Gutekunst can't part with him, then maybe Rogers had a point when he aired his grievances before his, when he came back last year that, you know, there's, there is issues with Gutekunst and Devonte Adams, you know, before the trade happened, that's what started this whole thing. So, you know, before Adams left. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what else they can do, but they, they need to put the ego aside and just make the right decision. Be, be the adults be the managers, be the leaders and show there's accountability for continued stupidity. Cause uh, it, it, it needed to happen yesterday. He should have even been on the roster yesterday. So I, if that's not it, I, I don't know. Speaking of, uh, you know, dropping the ball, uh, that is something that we're seeing way too much of in the offense dropped passes these mental errors that they just they can't get past we have been saying the same thing over and over I feel like we're on repeat here I don't understand how they're not learning from their mistakes they need to figure their shit out it it's it's truly just and you I'm getting heated man I just oh it's getting me it's so upsetting because 
uh, we, you know, obviously we all had high hopes going into the season after the first game, we, you know, we were like, oh yeah, that's just, that's how we start the season now, apparently is we, we blow the first game and then we, you know, we win. It looks like things are starting to turn around, even though it was a clunky win, we still won. And then, uh, you know, these, these last three games happen and it looks as if these people have never played football a day in their life. And again, there are obviously exceptions to what we're saying here, um, especially on the offense uh, and <clears throat> Aaron Jones, <clears throat> excuse me. I had something in my throat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I really don't know if, if this is an Adams related thing, that's what people like to say. That's what the, you know, sports media people like to say that, you know, putting it all on, on Adams and putting it all in one player. And granted Adams is a phenomenal wide receiver. There's no questioning or denying that his leaving should not be affecting this team on the level that it is in terms of efficacy on the offense. It doesn't make sense. It does. It just, he's one player. He's, he's one guy. So if it's not a direct correlation between the two, then we've got to figure out what, what else it is, but it, it also seems it's just, I don't, I truly don't understand it. Um, well, it makes you wonder what they're doing at practice, right? Yes. And all of this talk on, all of this talk on Pat McAfee, how, uh, how LaFleur, you know, essentially gives them Mondays off after a, after a win. I'm like, have you started giving Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays off after losses too? Because we haven't improved at all nothing has changed so you know it it does make me wonder so jason vrabel's been the wide receiver coordinator since 2020 or wide receiver coach excuse me um he got a promotion this year you know when the packers lost nathaniel hackett to denver um which apparently that might have wonder what that kind of did to the vibes on the coaching staff but you know they gave jason vrabel a new title of passing game coordinator so do they, does he have a little too much on his plate? Like, do they have to shuffle some of the staff around, you know, cause it's, you know, that, that makes me wonder if there's too much on his plate and they're not getting enough work in practice. So that's, that's, there's, there's no sourcing on that. That's just a theory I've got, but you know, I, I don't know. It's like, it, it just makes me wonder what's happening because there's been, there's no improvement at all. Um, is it a leadership issue? Cause we thought Randall Cobb was going to take charge of the, receiver room that apparently maybe it's happened and they're just not receptive to it. I, I don't know, but it's, it just makes me wonder like, you know, what are they doing in practice? Are they just playing patty cake? I'm like, I, I don't get it. It's like, they've just, they've all, they haven't come back from preseason. They haven't come back from, from the off season. I, all right. Um, next is, uh, you know, in that, that same vein, Romeo Dobbs, uh, 
wherefore art thou Romeo? Um, I, you know, I do still believe in the kid. I, I do, I do think he has potential to be a good receiver. He absolutely has a lot to work on. Um, just, I mean, a ton, you know, specifically passes that land directly in his hands should not be dropped ever by a professional wide receiver, if you ask me, but should not be dropped at the rate in which he's dropping them. I mean, I understand that he is a rookie. This is his first, you know, first year in the NFL. I do, I do get that. And I, you know, there is some, some understanding and and leeway with everyone, I think, you know, in that regard. And to also just be fair to him. um, Some of these passes that he's dropped or missed were not his fault. They were going back to the top of the show, you know, Rogers and his inaccuracy this season. So not, it's not all on just one person, like, you know, obviously, um, but for the sake of, of this and Romeo, I, I do think that he's got to figure out a way to get better at hanging on to the balls. I mean, that's his job. That's it's literally his job is to catch the balls and hang on to them. So you know, I, I do think he has potential. I last, you know, or yesterday just was not, it was not it. Um, it was not his game by any, any means. Yeah. It's, you know, conceptually he's getting mixed up a little bit, which, you know, with, with what Rogers does pre-snap, I get it. But I mean, that still was, that's probably, that's the worst game he's had. Um, and when you're down Christian Watson, you're down Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard is wounded. Um, you're the next guy up and you've got, you got to be better than that. Um, I get you're a mid round rookie, but who, um, not the best time for him to have the worst game of his career. Um, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rag on him too much. I'm not going to go on an Amari rant with Romeo Dobbs, obviously just no something, something he's got to work on, but he definitely didn't do the team any favors. Agreed. And, um, yeah, I mean, Lazard, um, who is supposed to be our wide receiver one, uh, got injured with a shoulder injury. He was in a sling today. Um, you know, I don't, (laughs) it's just what we need. I mean, we no Lazard, no Cobb. I no Watson. no Watson. I mean, granted, I, we haven't seen anything from him. Um, so, you know, but it's just, uh, I I'm, I'm really starting to just get a gut feeling that we just, there's just no fucking chance. I just, I, it's really hard for me to say because I, I am truly, I tend to lean on the positive side. And, um, and, you know, 
I always believe in my Packers and I, I will always root for them, whether they lose every game in a season or, you know, or win every game, I will always root for them. It is hard for me to say, I just don't, I don't see this team going anywhere or doing anything with this season. I, it's, I hope, God, I hope they prove me wrong. I would love for them to prove me wrong. I would love to eat my words. I just, I don't think, I don't think this is it. I don't think it's our year. Uh, well, to get, to get back, to get back to Lazard, uh, he, they're going to probably, they're looking at, you're looking at now Romeo Dobbs, Juwan Winfrey, and probably Samori Toure, because I don't want Amari Rogers anywhere near the lineup at this point. They're probably going to have to bring somebody in and LaFleur kind of gave a nervous chuckle. He's like, yeah, we're going to have to get guys ready to play. Um, and they're going to be going up against a team. That's probably one of the, the proverbial Super Bowl favorites right now in Buffalo. Uh, if there's ever going to, we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but if there's ever a chance, you know, if this, if they're going to show any fight, this is the game to do it. I hope that um, both Lazard and and Cobb, for obvious reasons and for human reasons, get better very soon. And uh, and you know, I hope they're able to 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 make their return sooner than later. Um, yeah, Cobb's out another three weeks with the IR declaration. Um, Lazard Lafleur said it's too early on, so we'll have to wait and see. But. I, the way reading the tea leaves today, it didn't sound positive for him to be ready to go Sunday night. Yeah. And to be fair, Cobb could come back in two weeks or like get off IR in two weeks. Cause, um, he was right. He was moved to it last week. Oh, that's right. So it's, yeah, that's right. Math, math is hard. Um, <laughs> the Green Bay offense broke my brain. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he that, it's doable, but. I just, Boy, um, yeah. <laughs> seeing him, and I, we didn't have a show uh, last week during the Jets game. Seeing him with, you know, tears rolling down his face and the uh, getting carted away was the one of the most devastating uh, scenes. Uh, just, uh, I love Cobb, and it is, uh, he just got back. He just got his body back, and so to uh to to see that it was just a real it was yeah it was a real real sad moment um because i i just know how much he wants to play and how much he loves the game and the team so um you know we're thinking you Cobb, and we love you all right we will uh we will take a quick break guys and we will get back with the good news um, because that's how we like to end it. So, uh, so come on back and, and we'll talk soon. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience, because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home, you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. So enough about the negative. That was a long start to that to get a lot off of our chest. Um, yeah, but let's start with <laughs> let's start let's let's start with the good here. So Devondre Campbell suddenly roared to life. Uh, had a pick six. He was all over the field. Um, I actually got a chance to speak with him briefly last week. Um, I'll have something dropping for APC on. Well, it, it's good. This show will be released Tuesday, so it should be today if you're listening to it on Tuesday. Um, where I spoke with him at a charity event in Green Bay. Um, but boy, what a welcome, you know, what a welcome sight to see. You know, he was kind of looking like he needed some, you know, a little bit of the Fountain of Youth Cobb had discovered early on, but he, all over the field, you know, they they utilized him in a different way where he was blitzing a lot more. They, you know, they they used him in a different manner and boy, he really made a difference. Hell yeah, he did. I I love him. I, it was so fantastic and so much fun to see him get the pick six and run it down the field. It was just the coolest. I, I loved that moment. And he's, he is a, he's a, you know, he's a playmaker. He's a game changer. He, he has a lot of talent and I'm just, so happy for him. I mean, it was, it was just so cool to see his first, you know, career touchdown. And, um, that was, that was a very cool, fun, uh, fun moment from, from yesterday for sure. And so on top of that, also his, his inside linebacker buddy Quay Walker, you know, they used him a little more. He really seemed to get a little more comfortable. He was kind of a little too gung ho missing some plays earlier, but he kind of really settled in settled in yesterday too. So, you know, using those two linebackers inside to kind of generate some pressures is, uh, is a nice wrinkle. I mean, there's still plenty of opportunity on defense, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, good, good to see it out of the, the higher of the two first round picks this year, you know, start to settle in a bit. Definitely. Yeah. I, I tweeted this when, uh, when I was live tweeting during the game yesterday And, um, it's, it's worth repeating here. I, I really think Quay Walker is, you know, I, I think he's a rising star. Um, I think he has a lot of potential and yeah, he has things to work on. Um, you know, he's a rookie, 
that's to be expected. I think we have seen a lot of good things from him this season. And um, yesterday was no different. I mean, he was making, he was making great plays and great stops. And uh, I, I really, I'm excited to continue watching him. I think he's really going to come into his own and, and be a star. Yeah, that, that inside backer depth, you know, we thought going into the season, we're like, oh, wow, they got something. And then the season started, kind of went, Ew, oh, boy. But, you know, if they can, you know, to quote Mike McCarthy, you know, just if they can start stacking success, that could that could really help ail this defense, especially if they can get up there, you know, and run support. That might be able to stop some of the bleeding they've been having there. Um, so on the offense, there was not a whole lot of good, but there was one, one piece, and we talk about him every week and why the offense isn't going – we're not going to make this the bad, but why the offense is running through him more is let's uh, let's give Aaron Jones the team MVP award like now, like the offense is running. I'll say it once again: the offense is running through the wrong Aaron. Uh, Thirty-three gets the gets his hands on the ball. Good stuff happens. He had that great, it's spectacular touchdown catch uh, to get the game to twenty-three twenty-one. Uh, and again, the first half they gave him the ball, started moving, and then Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers took the ball out of his hands. I don't. I don't get it. Like Aaron surrender, give it up. Like 33 is the way to go. Just you're too smart to be this stupid. Just give him, give him the ball. Like, I don't understand that, but you know, we're, we're trying to be positive in this part of this segment of the show, but it just Aaron Jones is the team MVP full stop. And I mean, there's there, we've had some talks internally on our Slack about, you know, maybe trading Aaron Jones, you know, if we're starting to blow it up, but you know, if you're not going to trade him, you know, to start stacking picks, I think trading Jones at the end of the season, unfortunately, you know, depending how the season ends is something, but um, we might, we'll probably get into that more as we get closer to the trade deadline, unfortunately, but uh, boy, he really seems to be the odd hand on offense right now. Wait, I'm you got, you want him to be traded. You want the Packers to trade Jones. I don't want him. I don't want him to be traded, but it was floated in, you know, to try to get some picks from somebody. You know, I probably was probably more tongue in cheek in our Slack chat, but you know, if the Packers are going to end up blowing it up this year after the season, which we have to consider if the bottom keeps falling out, you know, that, that he could, in theory, he could be a trade target, but I mean, I, I don't know. I personally don't want it to be there, but it's our job to kind of report things that could happen. I, it, it's something we have to consider. Although I think eight, <laughs> I'm not, again, this is just a speculative. I think, you know, AJ Dillon probably would be the more trade bait at this point because he's got nothing going this year, but uh, we're trying to be positive here. So Aaron, yeah, Aaron so Jones. Why yeah. are you bringing all this negative energy? <laughs> good I'm not bringing, it's not the negative energy. It's, it's, it's facts and something, you know, we can't rule out. It's not facts. It's <laughs> speculation. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I, yeah, don't give me I, guess I don't want it to. You can tell by my reaction. I'm like, no, not Jones. Because <laughs> I mean, if the Packers are going to embark on a rebuild, they're going to need picks. And unfortunately, to get that, you know, that's, I don't want it to happen. We're not saying it's going to happen. So, no, it's not facts. It's speculation, but it's something we can't, you know, I'm not, it's facts in the sense that we have to prepare people for things that may happen. You know, it's just, I think, it, I, I'm thinking the group is more tongue in cheek. Um, we'll have to, I'll talk more with them about that tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, but, um, yeah, I, gonna... I don't know at this point, cause we have to consider the fact that the Packers may be sellers at the, at the trade deadline, but we're way off topic. Um, 
he <laughs> bottom bottom line is I don't think you trade the the engine that's running your offense right now. I just I don't. I mean, it's, I no, you just I you love... you don't. I so I'm I'm trying to pour water on it, but apparently by airing by just even uttering it, I started a fire. But yeah, you did. I, you, don't, you, don't, you don't you don't you don't you don't you don't do it right now. But um, it's you got to run the offense through him right now. I love Aaron Jones as a person, as a player. He is unbelievably talented. He has made, I mean, yesterday, that last touchdown that he made. Oh, I mean, that was just, that was beautiful. That was truly a work of art. It was so, it it gave us a little bit of hope and a little bit of life in a game that we just couldn't get any of in the second half. It was so awesome to see. He is reliable in every sense of the word in that case when it comes to that. Um, I mean, Rogers said it on Pat McAfee last week. He, he said, quote, you know, you give 33 the ball, great things happen. And it's true. So I, you know... We, we have to use our weapons, and he is one of our strongest weapons, if not strongest right now on the offense. I mean, my God, I, I think, yeah, he's, he's likely our strongest weapon right now on offense. And, and um, we need to, yeah, we need to use him more. We need to utilize his skill set more. And, and I, I love to watch him play. I, um, I'm getting, a, you know, his jersey uh, when I go up to Lambeau in November. So I'm, I'm going to buy a 33 jersey. So I really hope that he doesn't leave at the end of this year because um, just selfishly, I would love to, uh, I would love to, to be able to keep him. He's, he's such a valuable player. So uh, doing some homework, um, he's the, the main reason behind that. I mean, they can rework it, but right next year, he has a $20.1 million cap hit. Um, that's going to have to get restructured somehow. Um, but you know, the Packers are going to be cap strapped. Um, even if Aaron Rodgers retires, there's going to be a major cap hit for him. Um, so sometimes, you know, unfortunately that's the reality of football, <laughs> so to speak. Um, cause they're going to be cap strapped next year. So there, there's going to, there might be ways around it, but just to prepare everybody, it, it sucks, but it's, it could be a possibility. I, I don't know. Just thought I would clarify my comment before we, somebody sets the comment section. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, finally, last part, um, Kenny Clark, once again, wrecking guys um, on that play that, you know, McLaurin made that heck of a grab over by Alexander Clark blasted Heineke just a second too early or too second too late um, to make an impact, but you just, Kenny, Kenny Clark is still that guy. He's having a phenomenal season against all the other tomfoolery that's happening with this team. Uh, don't forget one, Mr. Kenneth Clark. Kenny Clark. Do, 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 do. I love I him. wasn't going to sing it. He is, he's always, uh, he's another, another one, another reliable just incredibly valuable um 
I don't want to say irreplaceable, but also irreplaceable player. He is, he brings uh, a lot of depth and uh, pressure when we need it. He's, he's fun to watch. And yes, that, that one call um, against, against him really, I mean, he was just doing his job, right? It, it really wasn't like it. It wasn't his fault. He was just doing what he was, you know, his, he grew up doing in that position. And it just, it like, like you said, a second, a second off and it would have been a, you know, a clean hit um, and, and a non-foul, but, uh, or non, you know, non-penalty. So yeah, he, um, we love him and you just keep keep it up please because we we really really need you so yeah i i mean we, we all love kenny that's you know he's 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 just that guy so unfortunately that's really all we got for the good news um we're gonna probably get into what's everybody's thinking is gonna be the bad uh we're gonna look ahead now to this sunday night green bay in buffalo against the i i would probably right now would be my super bowl pick super bowl champion pick the buffalo bills uh, the Bills opened as 10, 10 and a half point favorites over Green Bay. Um, probably one of the largest deficits I can remember ever in the Aaron Rodgers era. It might be the largest um, underdog number the Packers have had since Aaron Rodgers took over. It is. Uh, that, that to me seems generous, actually, given the way the Packers are playing. Um, you know, I, I, as of right now, the Packers are very much expected to get boat raced. Um, even the most optimistic fan is going to have a hard time picking them this week. Uh, but I think they're very, you know, is this, this is the moment where everybody's counting them out. Is this going to be the moment? This is going to be, this is the watershed game here. You know, this is their Waterloo. Are you going to stand up and fight? Or are you just going to curl up into a fetal position and suck your thumb and fall down? What is the intestinal fortitude of this, of this team? We are going to find out Sunday night. Um, right now I have zero confidence that they're going to show up ready to play. Um, but if they can, if they can somehow come back and beat the Bills, you know, if they can win this game, maybe that could jumpstart something. I don't know. That that could be a shot of confidence. I don't know. But um, if they beat the Bills on Sunday, it would absolutely change the course of the rest of the season. It would set the tone one thousand percent, and it is. Um, to your point earlier, it is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he's been a double-digit, uh, uh, you know, underdog. underdog. Um, so this is new territory for him. And the Packers have always been a team in my experience, that when, when they are the underdogs, when, when people have just written them off and, uh, and, you know, just forgotten about them, essentially, like, eh, they're not worth, you know, they're not worth anything, or, you know, they're, they're definitely not going to beat this team. That's when they shine. And that is when they, they come together, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, and get to work and show up in, in massive, massive ways. Do I hope that's the case this week? 1000%. 
do I think that's the case? I, I'd say like 50%. <laughs> that's being generous. <laughs> it is very, if, if we are able to, I mean, if this was last year and we were playing the Bills, I would, you know, this Bills team, I would have a, a much more optimistic outlook. Um, obviously, we were a much stronger team last year than we are this year so far. I am still never going to completely count the Packers out because I, I do know from experience that this is when we shine. And I mean, it happened, you know, 2010, 2011 season when, you know, we are essentially written off. We didn't have a strong record at all, like season record at all. It was 10 and six. We barely made it to the playoffs and we went in as wild cards and, and went all the way to win the Super Bowl. So there are similarities, some, some very minute similarities between that team and this team. I am not saying that uh, <laughs> I'm not comparing the two and saying that they are, you know, um, the exact same because it was obviously very different. We had Nelson and I mean, the list goes on of receivers, phenomenal receivers that, you know, Rogers could throw to. And um, all I'm saying, I went on a tangent, sorry. <laughs> all I'm saying is, don't count them out. I'm not counting them out. I'm also not going to um, bet a lot of money on them winning. I would love more than anything for us to win next week and um, for it to, because I, I truly do believe that if we do, uh, it would be a, just a complete turnaround for this team. It would, it would change you know, it would change the season for us and, and it would help get these guys hearts back in it. Um, and so I, I am hopeful and yet very, very doubtful, but there's still a shot. You know, the 2000, the 2010 comparison is actually apt. Um, you know, you think back to that game in Foxborough when the Packers are playing Tom Brady with Matt Flynn under center and everybody's like, well, the Packers don't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning this game. Yeah. And they darn near pulled it off, you know, including a comedic, I'll never forget that play of Dan Connolly running down the field on that squib kick. Um, you get this offensive lineman for the Patriots shredding Sean Slocum's unit. But I mean, it's, you know, the, any given Sunday is still a thing. Um, you know, this, maybe this, I, everybody pointed out, you know, going into this week, the last time the Packers were three and three was 2010 and look how that season went out, you know, and then, I don't know, maybe, you know, and then you got this game, which against it's against another NFC or AFC East opponent, you know, the bills, instead of the Patriots on the road, they're not going to have a backup quarterback. Although Rogers is definitely playing like one right now. Um, you know, who, who think it it's, Anything's possible, I guess, but the, I would not, um, I would not fully expect, I don't, I would not expect them to win right now. I think Joel Barry's going to get taken to the cleaners uh, by Josh Allen. He is such a tough quarterback to defend and um, boy, was I wrong on him when he was drafted, but 
I don't know. Um, it's gut check time for the Packers. Um, the Vikings are still five and one. They were off this week. You know, the Packers lose this, the Vikings win. They'll be six and one. The Packers will be three and five. That's a three and a half game lead with nine to go. That's not quite writing off territory, but that's really tough to go right now. I think you have to consider the North is about to be lost, which is absolutely horrible to say, but, uh, it's the reality of the situation. So that's just about going to do it for us. Lindsay, anything you want to add? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you know, just the, the normal go pack go and, uh, not all hope is lost Packers nation. We, uh, we can never fully write them off. Um, but either way we're fans for life win, lose, or draw. So we're here for the ride. Yeah, I, I barely remember the era pre-Farve. So I remember the leader years. There's a whole generation, maybe two generations of fan now that don't remember anything, that don't know anything but Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And uh, it's it, this doesn't happen very often. The lean, the lean years are not fun, but um, the Packers have had a long run. Eventually, you're going to have to pay the piper, and I think that time is coming, unfortunately. Why do you have to end on a negative? <laughs> well, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's the reality of the situation, but Hey, I would, I would love to be talking next week about an upset win over the Buffalo bills. That would, that would put vibes right through the roof. Um, yeah. But it's like I said, this, this is going to be their last stand. Um, Talk about so an upset. Yeah, it, that would, oh, they're, 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 the Packers could cost some people some money if they, if there's no other motivation, um, at least let that, you know, they, they could, they could do some damage to Vegas. Um, but looking ahead at their schedule, you know, after this game, they got Detroit in Detroit the following week. Um, then they're at home against Dallas, which that game's going to be circled. You know, we were joking in our Slack chat about it being a one game season, beat McCarthy and be done with it. Um, so that's, you know, that's going to be the next big game, but if they can escape Buffalo, you know, if they could somehow pull off that miracle, you know, they can, you know, then they got green, they got Dallas, Tennessee, Philly, you know, this three out of the next four games are going to be brutal. Um, then you got the bears Rams who, who knows what's going on with them. Dolphins, same thing. Uh, Vikings and lions. So, I mean, wild card, definitely not out of consideration, but uh, they're going to need to flip a couple of these games uh, going forward, but hopefully next week we'll be talking about a big upset win. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, during yet another therapy session. I hope we don't have to do another one of these next week. Um, so we will uh, keep, make sure you keep it on Acme Packing Company for your, all your latest Packers news. And uh, we'll see you next week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. See you next week. Bye guys. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.